Hey, teacher friends. Welcome to the Teaching with Haley podcast, where we believe relationships matter. Research shows that positive relationships greatly impact student engagement and their learning. Each week, I'll share a few simple ways to improve your classroom community, build social-emotional learning into your day, and strengthen your relationships. I'm your host, Haley O'Connor. Hello! Welcome to the very first episode of the Teaching with Haley podcast. I am so excited to be here. This has been in the works for a really long time. There are so many things I wanted to talk to you about, and I felt like a podcast was a great way to kind of share my heart and also connect with you. So like I said, I am Haley O'Connor. I blog at teachingwithhaley.com. I have a Teachers Pay Teacher store. I have an Instagram, a Facebook group, Teaching with Haley and Friends that I would love for you to be a part of. So you can find me by my name pretty much everywhere. I live in Dallas, Texas with my husband, Keith. We have a two and a half year old daughter named Everly and we have a golden doodle named Tucker. We recently moved into our home. We bought it almost two years ago and have been renovating it ever since. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know, it's been quite the journey for us, but we're excited to be here. We chose this neighborhood so that my daughter could go to a really diverse elementary school and middle school and high school. And so I'm super excited to share more about that with you in the future. She's still young, but we're really looking forward to pre-K here. A few things that you will hear me talk about. So I'm kind of a sucker for the normal things. Right now, I really love Schitt's Creek, just like the rest of the world. I was born and raised here in Texas. I can't imagine living anywhere else. There's so many things I love about it, but I'm also thankful that it's moving to be a little bit more progressive. I am super creative. I wouldn't consider myself exceptionally talented at a lot of the arts, but I really, really love them. I love getting messy with my daughter and painting and exploring. So that carries out into my classroom and my teaching a lot just kind of letting kids be creative and express themselves in ways that might not necessarily be the neatest or the easiest to clean up or the easiest to assess, but that really let our kids kind of explore and be themselves. I'm also a huge advocate for mental health, and I'll talk with you a lot about that on here and having equity in the classroom and making sure that we are showing our kids a diverse curriculum and that we are just offering our kids windows into others' lives and mirrors so that they see themselves represented. So the reason I started this podcast is there is a few things that I am so incredibly passionate about. I know as teachers, you know, we all have those things that we gravitate to, you know, we're on those committees, we take those trainings, and typically they're the things we're really good at. So for me, that is social emotional learning. The lessons would fall under that umbrella. But then as far as The day-to-day classroom, I'm super passionate about relationships with our kids. And I think the stronger our relationships are, the stronger your classroom will run and also the more your kids will grow. So I'm a big believer in building those relationships early on and creating a strong classroom family so that your year can start strong and you guys can kind of lean on each other and your students will learn to take risks and be excited to come to school. So you would know me as an educator. What are my favorite content areas to teach? And guided reading is without a doubt my favorite subject. And I was thinking about why is that? And I think it's because at that small group table, not only do we help kids learn to read and you get to see incredible growth, you also get to spend time with those kids in a small group and you just get to know them. You know, you 
get to laugh with them. You get to ask them questions and get to know their background knowledge and ultimately like what they want maybe in the future, what they need from you as a teacher. So I just think that time is so special. And I also love just seeing my kids soar in reading. As far as other subjects, it all really comes down to small group. Anytime I can connect with kids, that's where I'm going to be happiest. I think if you are new to this social emotional journey, I would encourage you don't even worry about starting these long dedicated lessons to that. Just focus on building relationships. What are those times in your academic day you can work with small group or even in whole group? How can you connect with kids outside of the specific content you're teaching? And that I think is what will kind of get you hooked. You realize these little people have hearts. And once you connect to those hearts, you're going to be able to reach them academically. I grew up here, like I said, in Dallas in a suburb. I tried going away to school for two years and I ended up back home. So I graduated in 2010. I didn't start going to college for education. I kind of bounced around. I was super fortunate. I got to travel a lot. So I thought my degree would kind of end up being in that space. I took a ton of Spanish. I think I took three years in high school, four years in college, and I was never like even close to fluent, but I really loved it. So kind of went down that path. I thought maybe middle school was for me, but I took a course and realized that's not where I was supposed to be. So I think it was like my third year, I ended up in a class for ESL. At the time, I knew of it as like TESOL, teaching English as a second language. And so there wasn't a huge amount of research on it, but I took this class with a super passionate professor. She'd actually adopted a few kids internationally. And so she was super knowledgeable about what that language acquisition process looked like. And as she shared all that information with us, I just fell in love with it and knew that's the path I wanted to take. So my minor was actually in English as a second language instruction. And I think that really shaped me as a teacher. My last semester, Somehow, I was nominated as Student Teacher of the Year, and I actually won, and it still shocks me to this day. I wasn't the most organized. I probably didn't interview that well, but I really loved my kids from the very beginning, and so I think my professors and mentors saw that, and I'm so thankful that they did because it gave me the confidence I needed to keep going down this path and reaffirmed what I already knew, that when we have those strong relationships, when we enjoy our kids and they enjoy us, that's when we're going to see the most growth happen. I had a super hard time getting my first teaching job. So I came off this high of being student teacher of the year and it's going to be so easy for me to get a job. And then my friends got jobs, my other friends got jobs, and I still did not have a job. I actually remember this one interview I went to and they said, how do you choose what to teach? And I straight up just said, I look in Mailbox Magazine. And I knew that wasn't the right answer. I knew they were looking for, well, I use the standards and I assess where my kids are and use their background knowledge to figure out where we need to go next. But that's what I said. I just said, I look in Mailbox Magazines. So I'm not surprised I didn't get that job. But after a few months, I actually just walked into the HR office of the district I grew up in. And I said, I want to talk to, I don't remember what her name was, Barbara or something. I want to talk to her right now. And they walked me back there and I asked for an interview. And then fortunately, I got hired at a school right away. I think the principal called me a few minutes later and I got an interview. And the school, I think it had a hard time getting teachers because it was one of the poorest schools in the district. 
it was the poorest in the district and probably in North Texas, it was 98% free and reduced lunch. And we say Title I, I think there's a real tendency to kind of judge what that looks like. And I think that's what was happening is teachers, oh, it's Title I, it's a certain kind of kid, it's a certain kind of families. And that is so not true. And you're going to hear me talk about that a lot. But it was also really high percentage of students learning English. So I actually was hired as the one teacher on each grade level who did not do dual language. So I was the only true ESL teacher, and I also was the inclusion teacher for the grade. And then another small subset I had was kids who were native English speakers. So it was a really unique role for me. I was kind of like the lone duck because I was by myself, and then the other six teachers were on teams for dual language. So it was really hard to plan. My first year was in third grade, and it was kind of a disaster. (laughs) I came off the high from student teaching, and I was so passionate that I thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake. But it wasn't for me. And third grade was really hard as a first-year teacher and being in a testing grade. It was, it was just a lot. So the next year I got moved to first grade and I totally found my home there. I knew that's where I wanted to be. And that's also when I got really passionate about building relationships and kind of thinking outside behavior management. We had no classes in college on connecting with kids, supporting families. We had, I think, like half a semester on classroom management, but a lot of it was basically the whole school of thinking, don't smile the first two weeks of school, you know, be really, really hard on them and then they'll listen to you. And routines is all that matters. And routines definitely matter, but there's a lot more to it than that. So that's the first year that I was like, okay, well, my routines aren't working. (laughs) This is not going how I thought it would. So I had to kind of pivot and that looked like a lot of class meetings It looked like a lot of one-on-one conversations. It looked like a lot of modeling when my kids had conflicts, you know, bringing them together, walking them through it, modeling what it looks like to apologize, what it looks like to make amends. So I feel like that's where I really learned what it meant to build relationships in my classroom. And so after that, I actually moved closer to home and I got hired at this really unique school that taught me so much. My kids were almost all from South Asia. We had a small black community and then a few white students. But for the most part, they were kids that had come, most of them recently, from India, Pakistan, Iraq. And then we had a few that had come recently from China and Korea. At my old school, I did teach English as a second language, but it was kind of like a little pocket because I had teachers down the hall who spoke Spanish. We were very, very supported and we had a ton of like paras who helped us specifically with students learning English. But this new school, it wasn't that way and we had so many languages. I had Arabic, Tamil, Hindi, Mandarin all my first year. And so the strategies that I had relied on in the past, and they're not effective, like it's not effective to just ask another teacher to translate for you. But those strategies that I had didn't necessarily work at my new school. So that's where I really learned how to take students learning English where I could not speak their native language and not only help them grow academically, but also feel safe in my classroom. Because when students feel safe, especially when you're learning a new language, that's when they're going to take risks. So that's where I feel like I had a deeper understanding of what it looked like to have a strong classroom community and also kind of how that affected things on such a deep level. That's when I also started actually doing specific dedicated time for lessons. 
in the past, I'd always kind of just done it as needed. So if my class was struggling with compromising, we just would stop and talk on the carpet and have a little conversation. But this is where I kind of learned, well, actually, my kids need instruction. Just like when they're learning addition, they need someone to actually walk them through. They need modeling. They need probably an anchor chart so that they can refer back to it and we can refer back to it. They need to do follow-up activities. So that's when I kind of learned how important it was to build that specific time into your day. And after that, I was just kind of hooked. And that's when I started creating lessons for you. It started out, I just wanted to make a unit on kindness. And so I just did four lessons and I realized, man, teachers need this. And I heard feedback from a lot of you that you didn't necessarily know how to do it, but you knew your kids needed it. So it just kind of snowballed. And now I'm constantly learning more about what are the skills our kids need to be successful? How can we teach those to them? How can we reinforce it? And it changes constantly. You know, this year, 2020 has been really hard. And so in the past, when anxiety might have been something we kind of hit on, like, oh, sometimes we feel nervous. This year, everyone feels anxious. And so how do we navigate that as teachers? Things change constantly. My kindness unit that I was super proud of and still am, I actually went back and added a lesson on boundaries. On social media, one of the things we hear a lot is sometimes being kind isn't enough when there's injustice happening. You don't fix it with just being kind. Kindness helps. But sometimes you have to really like stand up and say, that's not okay. And so I actually added a new lesson on boundaries for kids that it's good to be kind. We should always try to be kind, but sometimes you need to kind of take a different direction. And so that might look like you stop using your kind voice and you use a firm voice and say, stop. So those are things that never would have occurred to me on my journey, gosh, 12 years ago when it started. But now, as I've learned more and learned more from other teachers, learn from my kids, learn from books and professors and people who are far more educated than me. So I'm excited to share all of that information with you. I would love to connect with you about it and just kind of hear What's working for you? You know, what do you do in your classroom every single day to make that community feel stronger, to make your kids be excited to come to school and connect with each other and be willing to ask questions and make mistakes and take risks? Those are the things that take our classroom from making it to really being a place of joy and learning. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We just kind of talked a little bit about who I am, why I'm here what I'm going to talk with you about. And I'm excited to come back next week. So be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss that. And I will talk soon. Happy teaching. Thank you so much for joining me on Teaching with Haley. I hope you feel refreshed and ready for a new week with your students. Be sure to visit teachingwithhaley.com to find additional resources like social emotional lesson plans, positive behavior resources, and ideas for building classroom relationships. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Teaching with Haley O'Connor. While you're online, I'd love if you left me a rating on iTunes or shared this episode with a friend. Be sure to tune in every week for more simple ways to engage and connect with your students. Have a great week.